Welcome everybody to another Mass Cast. My name is Jason, and as always, I'm joined by my partner in crime, the string fellow hawk to my Dominic Santini. <laughs> we always have something new every week, now. <laughs> my buddy Wyatt, how you doing tonight? I am doing wonderful. How are you doing, Jason? I'm doing great. And uh, I think everybody knows by now you can follow us on Twitter at Mask Movie, but you can also follow our personal banter if you'd like to. My Twitter handle is Sock of Fleagalls, a play on my favorite 80s band. And Wyatt can be found at Infamous WB. That's right. I'm the DJ Infamous WB. <laughs> well, we got uh, a couple things I wanted to start off with. And the first is I wanted to thank everybody for listening. We have gotten up to about 75, give or take, uh, downloads of each episode so far. So I just want to say thank you to everybody for listening. One other note, there is another Mask podcast coming up in April. And we had really no idea when we started this podcast that there was another one out there. But they've done a couple episodes basically just introducing uh, what will be coming up. It's on GeekCast Radio, and I believe it's just geekcastradio.com. And their Mask podcast is called Masked mayhem so they will be releasing that uh sometime in april so we'll be listening to that and hopefully you guys will too and now it's time to start the mask cast Blessed book of power, reveal to us the way, holder of ancient secrets. Episode 3 of Mask was called The Book of Power, and the plot was Venom steals an ancient book which holds the secrets to a mythological city of riches. Interesting. It was very interesting, um, and we've had some interesting comments so far as well. This episode was your, I guess, kind of basic mask episode. We had a lot of agents involved. You had, of course, Matt and Dusty, Hondo, Alex and Bruce, Brad and Buddy Hawks. Um, and we got our first taste of Boulder Hill as well in this episode. Right. That was pretty impressive to see. How, how they integrated Boulder Hill finally into the show. Yeah, I was uh, I was actually excited that they, they kind of brought it in in the way that they did. I thought it was actually done pretty well. I agree. But uh, the story starts out with a scene where uh, it looks like they're in this Egyptian or catechism-type building and uh, with a monk praying or chanting at this Book of Power. Yeah, it was kind of like a secret room almost in like a like a bookstore or something. Right. In fact, I didn't realize that's where it was until you see Dusty later on in, right. the, in, the, in the intro uh, driving along. So I thought they were actually over in Egypt or somewhere else. Right. That was kind of a coincidental moment. Hey, I almost ran over uh, one of the Venom guys. Right. Hey. Well, bust my britches. Those venom varmints. Thieves! They stole my book. Someone stop them. 
I'll hit him off at the pass. Which was pretty <laughs> he, cool, uh, actually, because, like, you know, that was actually a distracting. I thought they were setting up, uh, setting up camp or setting up the episode over in a, you know, not in the streets of Midtown USA. It was actually, I thought it was, like I said, I thought it right. was in Egypt or somewhere else. Right, exactly. So, uh, Venom comes in, they steal the book, and Dusty nearly sideswipes Jackhammer uh, as they're getting away. And then Mayhem, curiously, plants a homing device in the book, just in case he might lose it. That was pretty, the- <laughs> that was pretty interesting. How, how thoughtful of Miles for that. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like he planned to lose it, you know. Uh, but I don't know. I, I didn't have too much of a problem with that. I, no. Obviously, you can every time you see something like that, you know what's coming. But uh, so the monk uh, he reappears as Venom is going out in the desert with uh, Dusty and Chase, and of course, you know the monk appears up in the uh, the top of the mountain. There, some rocks start falling. I don't believe it. Stop! Return the book of power. Out of my way. I guess what's curious to me was that we had Mayhem riding shotgun, really, in Jackhammer, with the window down. Right. And here comes the book, out the window. Right. And then Dusty drives up and... um, Hey, look what I found. Exactly. Gotcha. I better get this to Matt. He grabs it. He takes an actual glance at the book as well, but uh, doesn't get hypnotized or in in a trance like Scott does later in the episode. Right. Yeah. He just briefly opens it up, and then uh, what's the first thing that Dusty does? He I got to get it back to Matt, and he pulls up as Matt is he was entertaining some other person. Right. Looked like he was kinda, uh, closing up some kind of business deal. Right. Right. And uh, Dusty kind of plays off. That he throws it in with the pizza box and hey look a uh, pepperoni pizza. <laughs> you won't believe what I got. Uh, uh, it's a pepperoni pizza, a special pepperoni, like you ordered, sir. And then uh, the two walk into mask. Well, Matt's like portable or set aside mask headquarters. Right in in part of the mansion. Right. Um, I, and I guess that's where they call the team as we're going through these episodes. I'm kind of getting the whole system down, but he calls the team from his mansion. Right. And then uh, him and Dusty go down in the elevator and down to the uh, what we've been calling the mass cave and heads off to Boulder Hill once the agents are being called. Right. And uh, in this episode, they actually put the book into the computer to analyze it, and they tell the story that it was a legend of Marapaco Empire that disappeared over 1,500 years ago. Let's look at it under the optical scanner. Historical database reveals this book is evidence of the legend of the Marapaco Empire. Legend claims the city of Marapaco mysteriously vanished off the face of the earth 1,500 years ago. They supposedly possessed a giant jewel-covered idol over three stories tall. It is said the idol protects the city with booby traps. A jewel-covered idol? Ewee! That's what Venom is after. We better assemble the team. They figure that 
that's actually what Venom is really after. They're not after the book. They're after the treasure, the, the jewel idol. So that's when they run off uh, into the bat elevator or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and then, uh, of course, Scott, he uh, has to get in on the trouble. He, uh, he wants that pizza really bad, so they jump down and follow Matt into Mask headquarters. Hey, what's this dumb old book doing here? Wow! Scott, what was that? What was what? You look weird. The mountain we go. You sound weird. I thought the technology of the computer was kind of good for the time or, or kind of past the, I don't know, this is 85 when it was released, but being able to like scan a book and, and, and stuff like that, uh, it seemed a little bit ahead of its time to me. Right. It was very ahead of its time, but, you know, uh, not to veer off too much, but how many sci-fi things were abundant in the 80s that were so far advanced? And I'm, me being Knight Rider fan, I mean, you got Kit talking, GPS and all. Right. You know, 20, almost 30 years before we had them in our cars and stuff like that. It's pretty impressive what they were thinking of that t- at that time frame to incorporate it into an episode, even a cartoon. It's pretty impressive, really, what they were thinking of. Exactly, yeah. So uh, so they do, I can't remember now, They, I think they do find the homing device uh, in the book, but... They do, but after time, they, they find it, um, but after I think was after getting no, into the battle or just in, in right, right, battle. exactly. Yeah, they set the book down to go defend uh, Boulder Hill, and then that's when Scott comes in, takes a look at it, and takes off with it. Right, and of course Venom's tracking the signal, sees it, it's moving away from Mask Headquarters. Tracking device is moving out of range. Um, and then, of course, Miles Mayhem sends the missile into Boulder Hill, seemingly blowing it up and leaving it in ruins. This will finish him off. <laughs> we blasted them to rubble. Now we find the book. Follow me. Right, but luckily but Brad I, has used his hologram to to fake right. fake it that it was blown up. But I thought it was really impressive with what they thought of for Boulder Hill in that episode. I mean, this is episode three. There are only three episodes into telling the story somewhat of Mask, and they've thought of uh, the billboard attack sign. They thought of the cannon up on top of Boulder Hill, the force field coming out of the gas tank. Guns, if uh-huh. you want to call them that, uh-huh. that was really that was pretty impressive for for that uh, that soon into the mask cartoon phase. Granted, they probably took a lot of this from the comic books as well. Yeah, and I that whole sequence I've really liked, even though they're using the kind of force field lasers and they're using the lasers to kind of blow up the missiles and stuff. They're not necessarily attacking right at the vehicles, right? But I thought that sequence was was great and. Uh, it was it was definitely a, a positive for the episode. Right, I agree. So moving on, there they move on. They you know Venom has blown up, or they think they've blown up Boulder Hill compound, but within within side or inside, they notice that Scott 
has wandered off. And I thought it was pretty incredible that they already have a security camera system in Boulder Hill. Alex looks up and rewinds and they find out where what happened to Scott. They say it looked like he was in some, some sort of trance. The video alarm was activated. I'll play back the tape. Scott? He looks like he's in some kind of trance. No wonder Venom gave up so easily. They're following the homing signal. Scott's walking into a trap. And then they yeah, go after that, him. That's, <laughs> that's what that's was the interesting to me. I mean, it was cool they had the video camera set up, but then Matt is able to determine by looking at the video that Scott was in a trance. Right. And that just kind of was unsettled for me and, watching the episode. And, you know, you sit there and analyze it. We both analyze it, especially as in our, our adult years. But right. they had 20, maybe 19, 20 minutes that they had to get everything merged into this cartoon. And that's what they had to do instead of explaining everything. You know, some things you just had to think, wow, Matt was really that brilliant. He, he was in a trance. Wow. <laughs> but anyway, the mass team, you know, suits up. Here's something else I noticed before we get further. Did you notice how Matt now has two suits and masks? Yes, I did notice that when they were when they originally suited up to protect Boulder Hill, he had the rhino mask and uniform on, and then when they go to suit up and go after Scott, then he's back into his normal Thunderhawk uniform. Right. I've yet to figure that one out. I've watched it many years, and I still can't figure out why Matt had to have two uniforms when everybody else had one. But well, I think we'll uh, eventually, you know, we get into some of the other suits as well. I know he has a different one in the racing episodes, but if you remember the toy line, he's got like this, uh, what is it, Jungle Adventure and some of the other uh, toys that were totally different Matt Tracker wow. suits. I need to do some more uh, schooling on my part because I, rem- <laughs> I only knew about the two suits. <laughs> yeah, there's one, there's one where he's like in the water it's uh, some kind of aquatic uh, suit that he. It, I think the toy comes with a raft, and then there's another one that's like a jungle adventure. It's green, and has a backpack and 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 that stuff. I don't know if any of those are incorporated into the cartoon or not. I guess we'll find out. I I, I definitely don't remember them. I guess we'll learn. You know, you learn lots of stuff here on Masscast. So uh, <laughs> you sure do. Spinning back into the actual episode before we get too off on a tangent here. Uh, so there, Matt and the team are going to track Scott and T-Bob. And uh, we see that he, that Scott wanders off into this uh, doorway. He just walks in. Of course, T-Bob is fumbling and going, I don't think we should do this. Uh, 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 wait. And uh, <laughs> they walk right in. And then Venom's not too far behind either. The signal is straight ahead. And then the booby trap adventures start where the Venom, they get caught in the booby trap pit there right. for a while. And then Mask shows up and immediately they're involved with the booby trap. But first you have where Alex says, remember the legend of Mung Paco and the booby traps or something. I can't remember exactly what he says. Right, something like that. Be careful, lads. Remember what the legend said about booby traps. Sand. Right, and then the walls start closing in, the sand comes in, 
And another thing I noticed about this episode is Dusty was just using the heck out of his mask. That's right. He was really – someone really had a big thrill. One of the writers had a big thrill with Backlash that, <laughs> that episode. So they get through that one, and then they get into the old Indiana Jones spiky ceiling trap. Right. It's no use. It won't work. Backlash, fire. Blaster. Now to get out of the squeeze blade and fast. And then backlash and is used again to make a hole, but um, I believe it was Hondo used his his blaster yeah. to knock down a pillar so that they could put it up to prop up the ceiling right. just temporarily enough to get out. But what I didn't understand was why Matt looked back. Everybody's out. Why did Matt look back before? It came to smash in. Well, just building up the suspense. You know, Indiana Jones always reached back for his hat. That's you true. Know, grabbed it through the, <laughs> grabbed it through before the wall collapsed. That's but, true. So we had to have that uh, that scene, and then finally they slide down. They get, I think it was another uh, trap, but they slide down, and then they slide right into where Venom is. Right. And they've they've crawled out of their pit, and we have this typical mask laser fight with Venom. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. They actually had a mask to mask contact. Yes. No one humiliates me like that. I'm going to personally deal with whoever stole my book. Sorry, mayhem. You're going to personally deal with us. Torch on! Backlash! Fire! After them. Uh, so that was pretty cool when we have that battle. And then, of course, the, the ending there is where Venom's kind of giving up and they're wanting to leave, but Brad uses his Hocus Pocus mask to seemingly... Make a wall. Move the, right, make the wall. and It tricks Miles into stopping Switchblade temporarily, and then it ends up, somehow, that ends up actually chasing them off. Hocus Pocus mask, fire! Oh, oh no! Get out of here. You haven't seen the last of me, Mask. Just wait. And then, right. then they move to trying to find Scott, but Scott yells out to Matt. Then they end up, Matt, uh, Scott walks out with one of the monks, who's now become his friend. And then you have T-Bob at the end, after they're reunited with Scott, um, he, what is it, he's playing with the staff or something? Yeah, he steals it, which I didn't understand right. why a robot would steal a staff, but, you know, he's like a little <laughs> kid in a candy store. He couldn't help himself. My staff! Where is it? It was right here! Put that down! I'm just playing. Pretty good baton twirling, huh? And he fumbles it, and it hits off the ground, and it goes in this little... Keyhole of some sort. Right, that, of course, nobody has thought of doing over the last thousand years, and boom! Hey, there's an idol. There it is. And uh, then T-Bob is told that he will rule over the monks, but then the monks have, you know, second-guess themselves there and say, uh, well, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've pictured C-3PO from Star Wars and the Ewoks. Yeah, in that exactly. Whole, uh, <laughs> That whole scene. So the, they 
end the episode on a last laugh of, as they typically did back in the 80s. Right. And we had our buckle up for safety message. PSA. Yeah. No matter how short the trip, remember, buckle your seatbelt. But, Dad, the record store is just down the street. That's right. But, son, you know, most actions happen on the short drives closest to home. I really appreciate you taking me to the record store, Dad. My pleasure. Now buckle up. Oh, the record store is only a few blocks away. That doesn't make any difference. Did you know that most auto accidents occur within just a few blocks from a person's home? I didn't know that. Before I drive off, I always buckle my seatbelt. I want to be safe. All right, well, let's give our ratings. What? Uh, go ahead. What did you give this rating? Oh, one maybe, to five? maybe I'm being a little too critical, but I noticed one big glitch on the whole thing. Episode was actually a very good episode. Didn't read into the, uh, the two different suits that Matt had, but... What got me was T-Bob's voice. And Rax. I didn't notice Rax's voice. I noticed T-Bob's very significantly. I didn't notice Rax's voice. I noticed that one right out of the box, and that was on one of my notes. That And we didn't hear Rax too much in the episode. No. There was one time where I think he goes flying off the bike, but it's Rax and T-Bob. Their voice changed for some reason. Right. I didn't, I didn't get that. I didn't get it either, and so that's what's leading my rating to, a, to be a four again, just, just because... They changed well now that I know it's two voices. I mean that's just a glitch in the in the whole thing. You get used to T Bob's voice, then they change it. You get used to Sly Rax's original voice, and they change it. So uh, what did you come and up with? I don't with? know. Well, just going back on that point, I wasn't sure. You know, maybe they weren't those voice actors weren't available for that episode for some reason, and they just tried to fudge it. But I don't know. I, people are going to get sick of us giving these fours, but. <laughs> I gave it a four again just because it had a few flaws. I wouldn't say this was one of the you know stronger stories of of the ones so far, and of course the ones that we've already watched right. that we're just trying to go back through. But at the same time, you know we had Boulder Hill, um, we had a, a couple of good battle scenes. The voices I kind of got over because you know as you're going along in the episode, you really didn't. I, I didn't think about it other than past the first few minutes in the episode. Right. But the people that have voted in the blog poll, though, I guess tend not to agree with us. Right now, there's we're up to ten votes. Five of those votes are for a three, which was an okay, not great, but not poor either episode. Wow. So that's... I can see that. I was probably in between a four and a three if I was leaning you know, one way or the other. I, I voted for a four. Wow, and I was, we also had. I was actually leaning more towards four point five or something like that. But uh, well, we did have one five. We have three votes for four, and then there was one that voted for cheesy. <laughs> wow. So so mostly we are not uh we are not in the majority. It seems like I don't think so. So let's go into the fan comments, shall we? Sure. We only have two this week. It seems uh, we got one from. Anna and BW Media. And Anna says, this is just an average mask episode. It has a few good scenes, but my opinion is it's not as exciting enough to be placed above average. I would still like to point out one scene, and that is the fight scene at Boulder Hill with the transforming headquarters. I would really have liked to see some more scenes like this in the series. There's too little information about the headquarters. 
I think there's only one more episode where we actually see it transform. Well, that doesn't help my <laughs> help us going through the next few episodes. No. If it, we only see it one more time, and I think she knows a lot more, obviously, about us than the what happens in the actual cartoon. Right. And then B.W. Mina says, The only flaw in the episode is having this temple in the same area as wherever Mask is stationed. I think you said in an earlier podcast that the first few episodes were made in Britain, but I still didn't know how a lost city called Monpaka would exist in this area. Otherwise, good episode. So I guess he's along our lines in that it had a few flaws, but it was overall a pretty good episode. Right. And we usually have a, uh, a little tiny segment of here where we tie this into our movie. Mostly what you saw, we've already talked about in the previous mass cast. We see Jackhammer, Piranha, Switchblade, uh, Gator, Rhino, and Condor. Uh, Boulder Hill uh, is probably the biggest tie-in in this episode to our movie. And that, right. and that being, you get to see Boulder Hill, the gas station, and a little bit of the inside. Aside from that, you don't see too much interaction with Boulder Hill. We do interact with it. There is a battle scene with Boulder Hill. Um uh, but please keep in mind that our movie is a building up type of uh, script. So you're seeing the ground floor work of Boulder Hill. So uh, what you see in the cartoon, yeah. you're not really going to see too much of in the movie. Hope that doesn't disappoint anybody. But uh, Well, it's yeah, it's just not fully operational. Right. That's the best way words. to describe it, yes. But pretty much there's no real tie-ins to the script other than the characters in boulder hill right that's unfortunately that's the only real real tie-in here in this episode but hey you know a little bit helps for the curious at mind <laughs> right exactly so we ready to wrap this thing up we uh we'll look ahead to next week that's right we have episode number four coming up the highway of terror Ooh, spooky <laughs> And in this episode, Mask tries to retrieve a stash of military plutonium that Venom plans to use to power an earthquake machine. And if memory serves me correctly, I believe this is where we tie in the government uh, agency. I can't remember what it's called right offhand. But this is the first time we see the government kind of come alongside Mask. Right. And we actually call it the agency. Uh, you know, especially like 80s. Uh, you know, Airwolf had the firm. We had Knight Rider that had the foundation. We decided we carry that baton even further and call uh, call our government agency, so to speak, agency, uh, just just for kicks, really, for the movie. Uh, but yes, that's the next episode. We will delve into a little bit more of where uh, the military ties into our script. So I think that's about it for this week. That's right. And for Jason, this is Wyatt, and thanks for joining MassCast.